Mark chapter 12. Story is also told in Luke chapter 21. You remember Mark 12, Luke 21, Mark 12, Luke 21. You know, we're talking this morning about sacrificial giving. Last week was uh, generous giving, the benefits of generosity, but we're looking at sacrificial giving this morning um, in this Giving Up series. And I think it's funny that whenever we talk about sacrifice, whenever you hear the word sacrifice, generally it's something that is, that is to be avoided. Um, it's not used typically in a positive sense. Usually when someone is referencing sacrifice, they're saying, well, we had to sacrifice. We, we were really in a place in our life where we were forced to sacrifice. But, you know, sacrifice, um, though the world may think that sacrifice is something to be avoided, The Bible teaches that sacrifice is something that in the life of the Christian is to be embraced. Jason shared this verse this morning, but Romans chapter 12 verse 1 teaches us that our lives are to be lived. Our lives as Christians are to be lived as a living sacrifice. That would have been a tremendous picture for those Jewish people who were very well familiar with the burnt sacrifices the burnt offerings, the dead animals that were laid on, this, on the altar for sacrifice, because what Paul was telling them is that we're to live our lives not as dead people, but as people who are alive from the dead, that our lives are to truly be a living sacrifice in all aspects of our, of our life. But I want you to think about something. We're looking at this widow woman that is casting in her two mites. He's these pennies, if you will, into this offering plate or into this receptacle that's set around the temple. But I want you to think that as I read this story, I want you to think that, that there really were not many moments like this that really got Christ's attention that are recorded in Scripture. Now, no doubt there were many moments that got Christ's attention, I'm sure of it, Him being holy, us being unholy. But this is a, one of those rare few moments where someone does something incredibly godly. I mean, someone does something that literally has the makings, the marks of divinity all over it. They do something that Jesus says, oh, wait a second, I want you, everybody look at this. Look at what what this woman did. That's what Jesus does here. But it's a moment where he uses this lady's life as an object lesson. Not many of those that we find in the Gospels. A few of them that come to mind is the centurion. There was a man who had the the servant who was sick. And do you remember Jesus said of that centurion that he had not seen so great a faith, not even in Israel. You might remember Zacchaeus, the tax collector, when he went home and, and was converted to Christ. Do you remember he said out of everything I've ever wronged anybody, I will pay it fourfold or sevenfold. Jesus made a big deal out of that man's profession. You might remember not only is it this widow, uh, but we have those encounters where Jesus looked out and said, hey, this is a big deal. There was a woman that anointed Jesus' feet. Jesus said, wherever the gospel is preached in all the world, what this woman has done will be a testament to her. Few moments in Scripture where someone does something so incredibly God-honoring that Jesus draws our attention to it. It should be noted that the centurion was a Gentile. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And these other two examples were women, one poor and one of ill repute. 
It's interesting that those people who would, we would not consider to be faith-oriented people demonstrated such great faith and made Christ definitely take notice. I want to read in chapter 12, verse 41. It says, Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, I love it. Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. <coughs> How would... I pity the guy that wears this microphone next. <laughs> Philip McClendon, are you hearing me? <laughs> Brian Crouch, you might want to sanitize it. How would our giving change if we knew that Jesus was sitting right beside us in the pew as the collection was passed, right? Think about that because that's exactly what he does here. He's at the temple. He's, set, he's positioned himself in such a way so he can watch these receptacles that were around the temple. There were 13, we believe, that were sitting around the temple. They were trumpeted at the top so that the money could go in and, and not so easily come out. It would, nobody's arm would be able to go down in there easily to retrieve or to steal the money. And this was also usually a free will offering. These were laid out there and, and people could just come by and give their alms or give their gift, give their offering, whatever it was, um, as just a, a love offering. It was voluntary. And the money that was collected in these receptacles was used for maintenance and upkeep of the, the temple itself. It went to help out the priests who made a living off of their, their occupation serving God. But it also went to the widows and to the orphans, the fatherless. It was not just intended to help sustain the religious leaders or those who were working. It wasn't just to help make the temple, maintain the temple and keep it up. But it was also originated, it was also designed, the plan behind the whole thing was that that money would help go to meet the needs of the poor, to help meet the needs of the afflicted. And Jesus is sitting here on the side of the, road, on the, side of the temple and he's watching and, and, and it tells us several things about what Jesus is doing. He's watching several things. First is, he's watching who's giving. He knows their life condition. He knows by looking at them and being God, as he sees them go into that, he knows not just their name, he knows their occupation, he knows the balance in their accounts. There's nothing that he doesn't know about these people. It also tells us he knows how much they gave. He saw that the rich were throwing in much and, the, and, the poor, and this poor lady threw in everything. I heard an interesting quote the other day. It said, giving out of your generosity or giving out of your abundance does not make you more generous. It just makes your selfishness more tolerable. And here Jesus is looking out at these, these people who have a whole lot of money and they're throwing a lot in, but then he sees not just their life condition, he sees not just how much they gave, but when we see this widow woman, we see he also saw how much they had left. He knew what their balance was after they threw in. It wasn't the amount that seemed to get God's attention. That wasn't what really, really stirred him up. What stirred him up was how little, in that there was nothing left of what this little widow lady had. Being God, we also know that he was able to see the heart of the giver. 
And we can imagine, we can assume through this story, since there was no, uh, was no rebuke from Jesus in regards to this widow lady, we can assume that she had given out of a right heart. I want you to see four things this morning. The first is she gave to God. She gave to God. That is the purpose of sacrifice. The purpose of sacrifice in this sense is to truly be willing to put something aside, be willing to, put, to give something away in, in the short term for something that is greater. Without the idea of something greater, there really isn't a sacrifice. Those people who have served their country and, and sacrificed their lives on the field of battle to protect and ensure and advance the cause of freedom. Those people, much like us in, in giving sacrificially to the kingdom of God, believed that there was something greater out there. And they believed that whatever they were going to lay down, whatever they were going to give up, whatever they were going to surrender or send over was, was, was an investment into that thing which is greater. And here comes this little widow woman who has but two little pennies. In, in, the, in the original language, these coins are so small, they're literally called thin coins. The smallest of the copper coins. And she comes up as all these people are walking and passing by, and we have to believe that in her mind, knowing that she has just enough to get her through that day, just enough for her bread, just enough for whatever provision she's going to need is literally being held in that hand in the form of two coins that can be rubbed together. And this lady, taking all of the livelihood that she has that day, walks up to this receptacle as all of these other people are giving, as all of these rich people are giving all of their abundance, this little lady takes her two coins and drops them down into the receptacle. She wasn't giving to the pot. She wasn't giving even to the temple. That lady was giving to God, which is truly the purpose of our sacrifice. Willing to lay down, willing to give up, willing to put aside now for something greater. The cause, the glory, the advancement of the gospel of Christ. Notice the second thing. She gave all she had. He called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty. Thank you very much. Were you guys catching a glare? Boy, I'm going to have a lot of people shaking my hand after service. Y'all are going to line up. <clears throat> the definition of sacrifice right here, guys. She gave all she had. They gave out of their abundance. Even though they gave more, even though it appeared on the surface that they were more generous, they still went back and had plenty of provision, plenty of money for the food, for the needs of the day, and the next day, and the next day. But this woman, literally in her whole life that she could, that she could have in two coins rubbing together, she throws them into the pot, living totally a life of disregard. Totally giving everything. By the way, when we're talking about giving in a sacrificial way, I think a better way to look at it is not just giving, it's an investment into the work of the kingdom. What kind of a... What kind of a mindset does that take? I mean, think about this for a minute. This 
lady was a widow. There wasn't a government safety net. There wasn't a government office that you could go to. There wasn't a government website that you could go to that may, may or may not have worked in order to get what she needed. Here's what I'm saying. This woman was in a position where she did not have a husband to be able to help her financially. We don't know if she had children or not. All we know is what little she had for every need she would have that day was held right there and something clicked with her when she went to the temple and she threw it in. Guys, let me tell you something. That woman would have had to have entirely trusted God to meet her needs for the remainder of that day. I don't know if it was a daily routine on her part. I don't know if this was a one and done. All I get to do is see the beauty of this one moment and know that at least for that day, all that that lady had was given to God. You know one of the great things about sacrifice? Sacrificial giving forces us to trust God. It forces us to rely on Him. It, it causes us to think, God, I really need to pray the Lord's Prayer in such a way as to say, give me this day my daily bread. Do you know what that does to that heart? Do you know what that does to that individual that says, God, if, if I can't trust you, who can I trust? This little lady, Jesus said, gave to God. She gave all that she had. But notice this third thing. She gave despite many reasons not to. She gave despite many reasons not to. Now, you might remember several weeks ago, we looked at uh, six reasons why people don't give. And some of you may have jotted that down or you may have uh, gone back and listened to the sermon. But this is one of the reasons why she could have chosen to not give. She could have said, well, it's just a small offering. It's just... Just two little bitty copper coins. I mean, she had no doubt had to have seen the others go up with their big bags, you know, and, and untie them and dump them in and, and see another one, maybe even a line of all of these, these people who were very well off dumping in all of this. And, and so humbly, this nameless, faceless woman just goes up and, and still puts her two coins, her, her two thin copper coins down in there because... She could have easily said, it's not much. It's literally a drop in the bucket compared to all that the others had done. Do you remember when we talked about that? In six reasons why people don't give. Do you remember one of the things was that God has always been able to do much with little? Always. All throughout Scripture is a record, is an account of God doing much with little that's given in the right heart. Numbers and volume don't matter to God. It's a heart that's consecrated, a life and a gift that is set apart for the purpose of His glory and His honor. He still does much with small things. There's another reason I think that this lady could have not, chose to not give. She could have said, this is my supper right here. This, this is my supper today. This may be my breakfast tomorrow. She could have said, I'm not going to give. Remember, that's the free will offering right there. That's not... The tithe, that's the free will offering outside the temple. 
He could have just said, I'm going to hold on to this and eat. I need this more. But something clicked within her. Maybe it was faith. Maybe it was an incredible amount of love. Maybe she believed there was another widow like herself who did not have two copper coins to buy bread. And maybe, just maybe, she put that in there as an opportunity to be a blessing to someone else. She could have said, it's not much. She could have said to God, I need it more for my food, but she didn't. None of those stood in her way. She walked up, this nameless, faceless woman, and placed those two coins to which Jesus said, come here, guys. You've got to see this. Look at what that woman just did. There's still yet a third reason why she could have chosen not to give. You remember I told you that the offering did not just go for the maintenance of the temple. It didn't just go to meet the needs of the widows and the poor and the fatherless. But it also went to the priests. Part of their salary, if you will. I want you to notice the three verses just before our text. Verses 38, 39, and 40 of the same chapter. Then he said to them in his teaching, Beware of the scribes who desire to go around in long robes, love greetings in the marketplaces, the best seats in the synagogues and the best places at feasts, who devour widows' houses. And for a pretense, make long prayers. You know, she could have gone up to that temple receptacle and said, if I give this here, it may just go to the priests and they'll just keep it themselves. These money-hungry, power-hungry guys. They may never go out to meet the needs of the fatherless. It may never make it out there to meet the needs of the hungry. It may never go out to clothe the naked. It may never get into the hands of the poor. She had all kinds of reasons. She could have used it. It's not very much. And even those corrupt priests could have taken that money and used it for themselves, but none of those reasons stood in her way. Let me tell you something about sacrifice in the Christian realm. Sacrificial giving in the Christian realm is almost always advised against almost always advised against because from a worldly mindset a worldly attitude it doesn't make sense if you got it keep it if you've got it use it if you got it put it on yourself the idea of giving something and being willing to sacrifice for the purpose of the glory of this invisible God that we worship doesn't make sense. If you don't believe me, Matthew chapter 16, Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going into Jerusalem, I'm going to be betrayed, I'm going to be beaten, I'm going to be killed, and on the third day I'm going to rise again. Peter, Peter, grabs a hold of Jesus, pulls him over and says, Master, this can't happen. Be it far from you. This will not happen to you. Do you know what Peter was saying to Jesus? I know you're telling me you're going and I know you're telling me you're going to die, but Peter's saying, don't do it. I'll do everything in my power, Peter is saying, to keep you from dying. It's the same with us. 
we often advise and, and try, to, to try to counsel people, well, don't sacrifice. We sometimes in the Christian community believe that sacrifice is something to be avoided while the Bible teaches us that it is to be embraced. I want you to see this fourth and final thing, this little nameless, faceless widow gave more than everybody. Jesus must be the world's worst accountant. You want this guy doing your taxes. Okay? For you to give two thin copper coins and him to say, well, you've given more than everybody else. That's the guy I want. I want father and son block. I want, I want F and S block to do my taxes, right? It was a little joke off of H&R block. But it was father and son. It was like God and son tax service. Wouldn't that be cool? Let me move on. Let's, let's, let's get it going the right direction. Now think about this for a minute. We know on the surface that this little widow's gift, those two little copper coins, would not have added up, no matter what kind of math you're using, would not have added up financially on the surface to all the abundance that those others gave. So we say, well, Jesus is speaking about it spiritually. He's saying that the value, the worth of what this woman gave is more than. He's not talking dollars and cents. In the spiritual economy, he's talking about true value and true worth. And he says that the value of this is determined not because she gave out of her abundance, but she gave out of her poverty. She gave everything. First of all, what an awesome thing that Jesus would recognize a woman that most everybody else probably would have ignored, the chief priests included. That Jesus would have used her as an example. What an awesome account that this little lady who only had that would give that. And that Jesus would say, I recognize that gift to be bigger than all the others. By the way, he's not just saying all like that guy or that guy. He's saying that gift is bigger than all the gifts combined that have come in today. But I want to tell you something. I don't believe that Jesus was just speaking in a spiritual sense to the size of this woman's offering. What if Jesus really was talking about her gift being bigger than all of the others combined? Literally. In literal dollars and cents. Because you see, this story has been circling the globe for 2,000 years. This sermon, this text, this story has been being preached for 2,000 years. This woman's gift has stood as an example 
of sacrifice for that long. Do you have any idea how many people have sat in pews like you're sitting and hear a message like you're hearing about this woman and made a conscious spiritual decision right here to give more? Think about that. How do you think God has used that woman's sacrifice? That woman's two coins, clink, clink, and multiplied it through the centuries of people hearing her example, choosing to give more, choosing to sacrifice for the cause of Christ. Honestly, I believe what Jesus was saying was it's not just more spiritually, but at the end of the day, this little woman who we know nothing of except her occupation and her gender, that this little woman will have inspired more people to put in the pot. And ultimately, to her account, there would be more in there than anybody else. Guys, sacrifice is such an incredible part of our Christian existence the gospel was actually presented to us by a sacrifice. It was handed to us by a sacrifice. The sacrifice of God's own Son, Jesus Christ. He looked. He looked down and saw our need of Him. That without Him we would spend eternity in a devil's hell. That we were living lives separated from Him with no hope at all. And God said, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to lay down my greatest possession. The greatest thing I have. My most prized possession. The only thing. The only person. The only gift. That can truly meet the needs of the people I love. I'm going to send them my son Jesus. The gospel came by sacrifice and has been propagated by sacrifice ever since. You and I owe a tremendous debt of gratitude not just to God the Father, not just to God the Son, not just to God the Holy Spirit, but to those born-again believers who believe that, all, that the Great Commission was for them. Who believe that going to a nation, going to a country to preach the gospel to those who have never heard was worth it and that there was no price tag they could put on the propagation of the gospel. They believe that taking the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth was truly a job for them. And we owe it, not just in the sacrifice given to us in Christ, but those who came before us who sacrificed, who sailed bloody seas, who fought off lions, who were martyred and burned to death, who sought to see the advancement of the kingdom of God for the purpose that we would. The gospel didn't just come to us in sacrifice. It was handed to us by the sacrifice of others. So now we said today, what do we do with this great relay baton that's been handed to us in sacrifice? Do we take it and hand it back? 
Or do we say, I believe that the gospel is worth sacrificing for? Do I believe, like those before me, that the gospel was worthy of the sacrifice of my life, my dimes, and my time? Do I believe that? Because if I don't, if we don't believe that the gospel is worth the sacrifice of our lives, our dimes, and our time, then we really need to evaluate the glory of the gospel that we believe. There is a world that is dying to hear Jesus. Literally dying to hear Jesus. That's our job. It's our privilege. Does our money match our mouth? Because I hope that through any of these areas, you and I will be able to walk out of here today reevaluating sacrifice. Not something to be avoided, but something to be embraced because of Jesus, because of those who have presented it to us.